Chapter 6 On Guard Jenner stifled a laugh as Erica lunged forward from across the courtyard. Things had not gone as he had thought, but they were going well. He tilted the blade in his hand a bit, playing the sun off the flat of the metal until he saw it flicker across Erica's face, at which point he sent the light into her eyes. What the... she stammered, bringing her offhand up to cover her eyes, but it was already too late. Jenner danced to the right, flicking his wrist up, causing the blade of his rapier to point the tip of Erica's blade out of harm's way as she careened past him. He gave her a firm swat on the hindquarters as she stumbled past, sending her tumbling forward. She braced herself, hands first, going into what Jenner could only imagine was her idea of a somersault. She might have made it if midway through the move she had not tried to pivot so she would land facing him. Instead, she ended up slamming her stomach into the dirt. Being a decent acrobat and a decent swordswoman does not make one a decent acrobatic swordswoman, as surprising as that may be, he said. Christian sat deep in thought, looking up from his manual on bird hunting when he heard the gasp of air escape from Erica's lungs, having knocked the wind out of herself. You need to master the basics before you should try anything like that, Jenner said, offering her a hand up. You could have done it, she said as she rolled over onto her back, letting go of her rapier. She shifted her weight, lifting her legs into the air, whipping them up and forward, arching her back, and kicking herself up into a crouching position. Yes, and I've been at it over twenty years. You've been at it, what, three weeks? She picked up her blade, smiled, curtsied at Jenner, before dropping back down into an aggressive stance. Enough for one day, Dancer, he said, dropping the tip of his blade to the ground in submission. Erica sighed, tossing the blade into the air with one hand and using her other hand to catch it in its sheath. She gave him a bow, then turned and made her way back inside. He was happy with Erica's progress. Jenner had thought he would sharpen Christian's skill with the sword, and although he'd picked up a little... He, did just, he just did not have a feel for the play, for the dance of steel on steel. Erica had watched several exchanges between Christian and Jenner early on, laughing until she said her sides hurt. Christian, to his merit, had not lost his temper or belittled her. Instead, he asked if she wanted to give it a try. She accepted to find herself bested in a handful of moves each time by Christian. He did not make fun of her, he did not gloat. He just gave her a nod and left the field. Christian did not pick up a sword much after that. He took to his crossbow work, which Jenner did admit he had quite a talent for. Erica, on the other hand, seemed to be drawn to the blade from the day forward. Jenner did not know what it was. Whatever the catalyst, she was driven herself forward with the sword from that day forth. She practiced every day, for hours, until her legs gave out, dragging herself to bed each night. She had tried a shield for all the few minutes, before she had thrown it down in disgust, the weight impeding her more than it provided protection. She was too light to stop an attack with it. Erica had always been a petite girl, 
So he had hired one of the stage performers from his playhouse, a nimble woman named Fatima from Oren. Five times a week for three hours a day, she taught Erica how to flip, tumble, fall, twist, and pirouette, and she loved it. One thing that confounded both Jenner and Fatima in the first few weeks was Erica's unrelenting desire to practice in a dress. It made no practical sense, and would trip her up. She said she refused to wear pants, some unbreakable curse bestowed on her by her late mother. In the end, a compromise had been reached. Fatima modified one of her old outfits that she wore for ballet and opera that was very dress-like in appearance, but the materials flowed and were very lightweight, as to not encumber movement. After that, Erica had been even more enthusiastic, and Fatima said that the girl had an abundance of natural talent. Fatima had been amazed at the speed with which Erica's body had lost weight and gained tone over just the short time she had worked with her. Jenner had his own theory for that. Ever since the stone log had shown up in his fireplace, he had poked his head around to some friends of his who were either magiers themselves or well-studied in the arts. Although they had not heard of anyone self-taught, the school of magier that dealt with the body and mind had certain abilities that allow one to alter one's own body. The power to transmute wood to stone is an old power, he had learned. He came to the conclusion that Erica had some sort of majeure-like ability, though how it worked and to what extent he was unsure. He had not pressed her, had not even brought it up. He had talked to Christian, and they discussed the water in the house fire, the disappearing railing at the theater, and the stone log. His own conclusion was that Erica was turning the fat of her body into muscle. Maybe not on purpose, but what was the saying, mind over matter? He had laughed at that, wondering how many women in the country would trade all of their wealth for the power to gorge themselves on all the finest dishes and treats of the land and never gain an ounce. That, of course, was if his hunch was right. It was still just a theory, and he did not feel the need to prove it anytime soon. You want another go at it? Jenner asked, pointing his rapier in Christian's direction. Christian seemed unmoved, so Jenner let his mind wander to other pressing matters. When he was not training the two of them, he was out furthering his connections with Cullman's seedy underworld. The meeting with Malcolm had gone according to plan, thanks to Valerie. He had posed as an old friend of hers, who was looking to get her into the business. Valerie had done her role well enough, telling Malcolm she was going to do some traveling, but that her friend Vincent was very capable and had already secured a position inside the theater when it reopened. That bit of information had made Malcolm very happy, which troubled Jenner. What he thought, or at least hoped, had been an isolated one-time incident seemed like it would have a second act, so to speak. This time I will be the one bringing the house down, he told himself, as Malcolm proceeded to tell him how things worked. He would do a few jobs so Malcolm could get a good gauge of his skills, and if that went well, he would go with Malcolm on a few more. Then, if everything was on the up-and-up, as Malcolm called it, he would get to meet the big man. From what he had picked up from Malcolm, he was a simple man who was direct and to the point, which led Jenner to believe that the boss had a large physique, not a term Malcolm had just settled on. 
Jenner already had a few suspicions who he thought might be behind it, but if it was true, he could narrow it down to two men. Foreign Grant or Oliver Jasp? He prayed it was Oliver. From what he knew, he was a semi-decent crime figure, but one that could be reasoned with. Not too ambitious, more bark than bite. Christian seemed content with the progress Jenner was making. While he did give his crossbowmanship its due, Christian spent the bulk of his time in the library, reading up on the city he had grown up in. He read about its folklore, its architecture, and even its archaeology. He would pore over tomes that talked of lineage and past rulers. Always a resourceful lad, he learned the arts of diplomacy and bureaucracy from a collection of dry old records Cairnsby had dug up at the boy's request. If someone had told him at the start of all this that he would take in two kids who would change his life and then change the way he understood children, he would never have believed it. Christian set his book down, stood up, picking up a sword from a rack of other weapons, and got into position opposite Jenner. Unlike Erica, Christian's style was all anticipation and defense. It had been a bit of a put-off to Jenner at first, who had thought that Christian would end up being the kind of man he could match swords with. But it had just not been in the cards. The disappointment was fleeting, though, as Jenner saw real promise in the boy's skills. He could keep Jenner at bay for a good five minutes before Jenner found a chink in his defense. By comparison, he could throw Erica off guard in a minute or two, but at least she was trying to land a blow of her own at the same time. Christian moved his feet back and forth, side to side, though not with the nimbleness or mobility that Jenner or Erica acted with when they were fighting. He counted the seconds in his head. He reached 700 and still kept Jenner at bay. Come on, is this the best you can do? Erica must really be gaining on you if you cannot score a hit on me after all this time, Christian stated. Jenner just laughed. Are you lecturing me on sword skills? Jenner sprang forward, poking in with a flurry of jabs, of which Christian stopped three, deflected two, and took four stings. Remember, I'm the teacher. Yes, but every minute that passes is me getting better, or you showing your age, one of the two. Christian started backpedaling, anticipating the series of lunges that were to come. Jenner came forward again, but this time Christian was able to be out of the way of each thrust. Jenner crept his way to the left, striking over and over at Christian's shoulder. Christian pivoted to keep his sword between him and Jenner. You know, I love my courtyard as much as the next man, but you won't always have the luxury of fighting in an area with so much open space to move around in, he stated between beats, pressing his advantage, moving Christian farther and farther backwards. Yes, but in this particular case, I do have free reign, and I see no reason I should keep my movements to... Christian lost his train of thought as he stepped backward, and his foot was met with open air as he fell backwards into the pond. It was a few inches deep with water, cushioning his landing as he sent water and lilies flying into the air. That's why you mind your surroundings and learn that every step matters, Jenner said smiling as he offered Christian a hand. Christian leaned forward, pulling himself up with Jenner's help. Yes, I know. Lesson learned. Good. But I think we're done here anyway. 
can't play at swords all the time. I think I will practice with Black and Sky some, if it is all right. Yes, yes, of course. Just don't shoot any of the help, Jenner said, sheathing his rapier, pulling his gloves off as he walked toward one of the doors that led inside the building. Well, you can shoot Miss Fensworth, but don't kill her. Maybe just a graze that goes for the dogs, too. Jenner said something else, but he was through the doors, and Christian lost the rest of it. Christian felt much more confident with his crossbow in hand than a sword. While he did not quite feel he was ready to start trying to graze anything, let alone a person, his skills had come a great deal in his weeks of training. As of late, he had taken to shooting things like apples, pears, and peaches. Just what he could find in the kitchen to use, and once he hit a target, he ate it. He had inquired when he would be able to go out to the woods and shoot at small game and practice more on moving targets. Jenner wanted to keep them out of sight, out of mind of the general public. Christian felt his talents were beginning to dull, doing the same thing over and over. It was part of the reason he had turned back to books. Christian set down some fruit, hitting them with one more bolt than there had been targets. If nothing else, my diet's been pretty good he thought as he picked up an apple that had been skewered, taking a nice juicy bite. He repeated the process two more times with the fruit left over, until some of the targets looked like mush. He shrugged, at which point he put his crossbow away and went back to reading until it was too dark to see. <sighs> not bad, girl, not bad, the woman said, watching Erica with a critical eye. She was a few inches taller than Erica, pale skin tone, wiry, and limber. She had short raven-black hair, and the slightest hint of crow's feet were starting to appear at the sides of her soft almond eyes. Try it again, but this time without failing. Erica groaned. Failing had been missing the last of a series of four backflip twists to handstands. Three of them had been executed to perfection, but she had so much momentum going that by the time she landed the fourth one, she was going faster than she knew how to control. It was her biggest obstacle. Watch, like this, no? Fatima went into a short run, taking only two steps before launching herself feet overhead, not even using her hands to perform the springs, doing it faster, better, and in less space than Erica had done. Now, up and again. Erica shook her head, massaging her sore lip hips from repeated bumps and tumbles. The mats had become her second home. She practiced so much that she often took meals and even slept on the floor. Fatima admired her dedication and marked her improvement, but she was never satisfied. Even when Erica had landed her first few lessons with Grace, she had critiqued on how it could have been better. It reminded Erica of her time with Christian when he would teach her how to read and write. No matter how often she practiced, Christian had told her she could always do better. Fatima did not sound any different. Erica stretched once before launching herself forward, but she was distracted. On her second landing, her feet went out from under her and she landed on her back, skidding across the mats. Too fast, too fast, Fatima noted. Speed you have, but you also need strength. Strong like tiger. Fatima did a little pantomime of a tiger with her hands, clawing the air and growling, which caused Erica to giggle. Again, Fatima commanded. 
Erica thought back to how, even a month ago, how she would have whined over the intense training she was being put through, let alone ask for it. Before the fire that had taken her family, she had been at her mother's beck and call. She had not thought about it then, but looking back, she would get angry when she realized how useless she had been. She took a few steps before going through the motions yet again. This time, she pulled up short before she began the cycle, pushing up as hard as she could from the floor, going more vertical than horizontal. She brushed the floor with her fingers as her body went end over end, once, twice, three times, four. She stuck the landing for a moment before dropping into a tumbling roll and coming to a stop. Better, but still much for improvement. Good for today. Erica got up and gave Fatima a curt bow, which was how Fatima started and ended each training session. After Fatima left, she went over and grabbed a towel to dry her face off, then left for her room. They had stayed in the guest room together for the first week, but once they realized they would be spending the foreseeable future at the mansion, Jenner had given them each a room to themselves. It had been a rather silly meeting in Erica's eyes. Jenner had apologized over the accommodations, but the rooms could have fit their old house inside them twice over. After a few nights in her new room, Rachel had asked her why she was going through all the training when Jenner would just let them live with her anyway. At the time, she had been silent. She had thought about it that first night, alone in her room, and did not know. She felt guilty at first, because while Christian was so determined to do right by his parents, she was scared. Their deaths had lit a fire inside of him that she did not understand. She did not feel the same way. Then, that day when Christian had knocked her down a handful of times during practice and had dispatched her as quick as she had seen Jenner do to him, she had gotten frustrated. All the feelings of helplessness and uncertainty had cleared. She knew what she wanted. She wanted to make sure that what happened to her family never happened to her. She did not want to die because she slept through someone sneaking into her room. She did not want to get beat up by someone because she was weaker than them. She did not want to be pitied or coddled or patronized. She had been sheltered her entire life and realized it the day Christian put her on the ground. He had not been mean or cruel about it. He just bested her. It reminded her when he had first taught her letters. It was a challenge. It had made her angry at first, but what she had mistook for aggravation at the time, she now knew was the feeling of someone challenging her. She had stumbled through the lessons, but had loved it. She had the same feeling that day in the courtyard. She wanted to learn, to grow, and adapt. She wanted to be like Jenner, so self-confident and assured. She wanted to be like Fatima, so nimble and cocky, yet modest. Most of all, she wanted to help Christian, for opening her eyes to what she could do when she applied herself. It was late in the night when Christian heard a knocking at his door. He was sitting up in bed, reading by candlelight. He set the book down and walked over to the door, wearing an oversized shirt and a pair of shorts he had taken to sleeping in. Who is it? Me. He opened the door. Erica was there, wearing her dancing dress, as he called it. Have you been practicing all this time? No, I just put it on a little bit before I walked down here. Oh, he said, nodding, then pausing a moment before looking up at her. 
Oh, are you busy? Do you know what time it is? Is that a yes or a no? No. She reached through the cracked door, slipped her fingers around the collar of his shirt, and tugged him into the hall. Come, please, she said, not waiting for a reply, just pulling him along with her. Christian wanted to mention the time again, but was too surprised by her appearance at the door. She let go of his shirt when they reached the stairs, and waved him along before turning and walking down the steps. They walked for a few minutes. At first he thought she was taking him to her room, but they passed it. They also passed the courtyard and the kitchen. When they entered the training room, he looked at Erica, raising an eyebrow, an odd expression on his face. She looked back at him for a moment. Erica, I'm not much of an acrobat, he volunteered, when nothing was forthcoming. Uh, I know, she said, turning to a shelf and picking up a couple of rocks. Uh, Erica, he said, not sure what she was doing, but feeling uneasy nonetheless. She walked over to him, pushing a half-dozen fist-sized stones into his hands, then walking a dozen paces across from him to some mats, before turning around and facing him. Throw them at me, she asked. Pardon, he said, even more confused. She blushed. You know, just like, lob one at me. She was met with a continued look of confusion. Just do it, please. Um, okay, he said, unsure, but seeing she was having a hard time herself asking him to. He looked through the size stones and found the smallest one. He hefted it a few times, watching Erica. She seemed to focus on the rock in his hand. Swinging his arm back and forth a few times, he lobbed it in her direction. She seemed to tense and concentrate on the stone as it traveled towards her. It hit her in the chest, bouncing off and tumbling to the mat in front of her. Erica looked down and regarded it with disappointment. Uh, sorry? Christian began. What are you sorry about? I asked you to do it. I don't know. I guess I thought you were going to jump out of the way or something. I thought maybe you wanted to work on tumbling. Erica shook her head. Do it again. He nodded, taking another one, tossing it in her direction. Again, she stared down before it hit her on the shoulder and continued past her. She flinched, but seemed otherwise unharmed. She did wince when he tossed the next one, which fell short, and smacked her in the foot. But she seemed to be more angry at the rock than at Christian. Um, am I doing it wrong? Christian ventured after a moment. He had never thrown a rock at someone before, but she seemed to be upset with the results so far. She shook her head, although the look of frustration remained. Just throw the rest of them. He nodded, tossing each one in succession. Two bounced off her waist, and one went a little wide of her, past her arm. She sighed, gathering up the rocks and handing them back to him. They repeated this process five more times. Are you going to tell me what this is really about? That is what he wanted to ask, but instead he said, Should I throw them some more? Erica kicked the floor. She sat down, red-faced. Uh, Erica, should I do something different? I... 
It's not you. Her voice cracked a little. I, I just want to make them disappear. Make them disappear, he said, beginning to get it. Like the railing at the theater. She swallowed, wiping back, wiping the back of her sleeve across her face. Like those men that night. Have you ever done it on purpose before? Christian asked. She shook her head. He thought for a minute. The times before, were you scared? She nodded. Are you scared when I'm throwing them at you now? Not really. I do not know if this will work. Yeah, this is stupid. I don't know what I was thinking, she said, getting up and kicking one of the stones. It skidded across the floor, bouncing off the wall, and went spinning to a stop. That is not exactly what I meant, he offered, his voice low, looking at the floor as he spoke. Hmm? Erica looked over at Christian, curiosity displayed on her face. Well, maybe, and I do not know for sure. I am just saying, he started. But maybe if you were worried about getting hit by one of the stones, like maybe if I threw it harder, you might be able to do it. Maybe. She had a hard time hearing him by the time he finished, his voice dropping with each word, but she felt a smile inside. Part of the reason she had asked him in the first place is she knew he would do more than just humor her. He would want to help, as it were. She walked over and picked up the stone she had kicked to the wall. Then she grabbed the rest of them and took them back over to Christian, who now looked like he was regretting his suggestion. She set them down at his feet and walked back over to the mats, turning with her hands on her hips. Uh, are you sure about this? Christian said. Uh-huh. Really? Just hurry up and do it before I think better of it, she said half-giggling, trying to hide the nervous tone in her voice. Christian reached down, picking up a stone and tossing it in his hand a few times, getting a feel for it. How hard should I throw it? I don't know. How hard can you throw it? He shrugged, gesturing to the wall. She turned to watch as he wound up and pelted it. The stone connected with the wall with a loud bang as it ricocheted off and across the floor a few chips breaking off. Uh, yeah, that looks about right, she said, muscling some resolve. Erica, that was me throwing it as hard as I can. Well, then I want you to hit me as hard as you can. We should get one of the maids or Mrs. Fensworth, you know, just in case, he said, as he reached down and picked up another stone. Do you think one of them is going to stand there and let you throw stones at me? Erica, I'm standing here now, and I don't even think I'm going to let myself throw stones at you. Just close your eyes and do it. Erica, I... Do it, Christian. <sighs> Christian, hit me, she yelled. He looked at her, wound up, and launched the stone in her direction with all his might. He watched the stone sail through the air toward Erica. She looked at it in what seemed to be surprise. About a split second before it impacted, it dawned on her to react. The stone spun end over end, slamming into the top left part of her face, right above her eyebrow. There was a loud crack as her head whipped back, the stone pinioning off at an angle. Her body went limp, 
one leg going into the air as she fell to the mat. She hit the mat and lay still. Erica? Christian ran over, sliding to his knees next to her. She let out a groan, rolling onto her side, and clutched a hand over her forehead, a trickle of blood coming out from under her hand. Ow, that really hurt, she said. She blinked her eyes a few times. You said to hit you as hard as I could. I, I guess a part of me didn't think you'd do it. Erica, you... I'm sorry, it's my fault, Christian. I'm, I'm sorry. She said, rolling onto her back, looking up at the ceiling. She moved her hand away. Christian leaned over, peering at her forehead. Oh, it is not as bad as it probably feels. I hit you with the flat side of the rock by the looks of it. There is a little cut, and it will probably leave a big bruise, but it is nothing. It could have cut across your eyebrow and left a big gash, but... Christian, she interrupted. He looked down, regarding her. Thanks. Thanks for doing that. I didn't think you'd do it. Do not worry, I'm not going to do it again. No, don't you see? I, I needed that. Uh, Erica, I think maybe I hit you a little too hard in the head. No, don't you see? Now I can get better. He shook his head. This might not make any sense to you, but just listen. She leaned forward, sitting up. She blinked a few times as she felt a sudden rush to her head, but shook the dizziness off. I think I needed that to happen. She looked at him, and he nodded for her to continue. Christian, you've always been nice to me. I think a part of me didn't think you'd do it. When you threw it, I was thinking about how hard you would actually throw it. She scratched her forehead a little. Obviously, in the time I thought about it, you laid me out. She laughed. So don't you see? I needed you to hit me, at least once, so next time I would be scared. He wanted to say she was crazy, but he got it. He did not like the idea of it anymore, but he got what she was saying. Just tell me we are done for the night. Definitely, she said. I don't want to think about stones flying in my head again tonight. Finally some sense coming out of your mouth. He smiled, lightening the mood. She smiled, too. He helped her up, dabbing the wound with the corner of his shirt. She said she was fine, but he offered her a shoulder to lean on all the same, which she accepted as the two of them wandered off back together to their rooms. He awoke as the sounds trailed off into the night. His room was lit from the pale moonlight coming in through an open window. He heard the call again. Swinging his legs over the side of the bed, Christian made his way to the window. There it was, down in the courtyard. It was hard to see it in the moonlight amongst the trees. Christian rubbed his hands at his eyes, trying to rub the sleepiness from them, but it was little help. Also, the creature kept moving in and out of the shadows, making it difficult for Christian to get a clear look at the thing. He turned from the window and made his way to the dresser, taking a pair of pants off the top and pulling them on, then turned and left his room. The hallway was quiet. He heard no sounds of footsteps or chatter. He looked down the hallway in the direction of Erica's room, thinking to wake her, but then thought better of it. 
She already had a long day, and he wanted to let her sleep. He did not know what to tell her if she asked why he was up. It would only worry her. So instead he turned right and began his walk down the corridor. He yawned as he walked, fighting to keep his eyelids open. The candles in the wall sconces burned low, not having been filled since earlier today when Melanie had lit them. He passed by the maid's room, listening for a moment, but heard only the gentle snoring of whoever had decided to stay over that night. Rounding the end of the hall, he made his way down the steps to the courtyard entrance. He saw no one down either hallway once he reached the landing. Stepping forward, he made for the double doors leading into the courtyard. They seemed bigger to him than normal. Their large frame and historic architecture somehow seemed more detailed in the twilight hours. Shaking his head to fight off sleep, he moved and placed his hands on the door, pushing it open. He did so for a few moments before he felt the desire to rest his head upon the door, the cool metal feeling pleasing on his face. He felt his eyelids grow heavy. The next moment he jerked back as he felt himself pitching forward, the door having swung open under the weight of his body. He got his bearings as the door opened, a beam of pale moonlight entering the hallway. The light made Christian blink to clear away his dizzied state. He did not hear the sounds of birds or insects. As he made his way into the courtyard, he noted how soothing and relaxing the cobblestones under his feet felt. He thought he could just lie down there and rest, and he contemplated doing just that when he heard a low growl coming from ahead of him, from a small group of trees. He tried peering into the shadows, but the moonlight and the canopy of the trees made it hard to see anything inside. He moved forward with as much stealth and silence as he could muster, but each step seemed to be like him. he was wading through molasses. As he made his way closer to the trees, he noticed a pair of violet eyes looking back at him. They had the irises of a cat, but the distance between the eyes led him to believe it was not a house cat, or anything human for that matter. He thought he should feel scared, but he felt calm and relaxed, ready to fall back to sleep. He sat down, positioning himself in the middle of the courtyard. Then he turned his attention back to the eyes. They watched him, unblinking, for what seemed like an eternity. Christian again felt his eyelids become droopy as he watched the purple orbs. He began nodding off again when the creature crept from the shade of the tree line. The first thing he noticed was its black nose and coarse brown snout after which he saw two front paws, brown fur with black splotches. Christian realized it was a wolf, a brown wolf with violet eyes. The wolf strode forward until it was only a few feet from the boy, then paced side to side, back and forth, never taking its eyes from him. Christian followed its gaze, a staring contest of sorts. He could not bring himself to look away, then the wolf stopped and began creeping forward again. Now it was close enough that if he were to reach out, Christian felt he would be able to pet its nose. He kept his hands at his sides, 
and lethargy, keeping him from doing anything too forward. The wolf appeared to be studying him. The animal looked him up and down, its eyes moving to Christian's face last. There it concentrated for a bit of time. Christian felt uncomfortable under its gaze. He had to look away. Then he felt compelled to look back. The wolf appeared to shake its head, then came forward more. Christian tensed. The next thing he realized, the wolf had tilted its head down, and its forehead was pressed to his own. Those violet pools still held him entranced. The fur was soft and warm on his face, soothing like a hearth-warmed blanket on a cold winter night. He felt moisture line his eyes, and his heart grew heavy. Then the wolf's forehead slid past from his face to his shoulder. He could feel the pumping of the wolf's heartbeat near his chest. They stayed there like that for what felt like hours, before the wolf craned its neck and retreated a short distance. Christian watched it walk back to the copse of trees. It turned and looked back at him once. Christian yawned, his eyelids sinking back down again. He slouched a bit, his head nodding down as, he's, as sleep crept in under his eyes. Hello, and thank you for listening to the World of Grey podcast. For any questions about the podcast, or the books in general, email me at podcast at josephporthos.com. My two books, Fallen Throne and Dark Halo, are available for download on the Amazon Kindle store for the low price of $3 apiece. I don't output a ton of updates, but when I do release one, you can find it on Facebook at Joseph Porthos, or on my website located at josephporthos.com. I hope you enjoyed today's chapter, and I look forward to you tuning in again next time. This is Joseph Porthos, signing off.